With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Oh, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to episode 506 of Flow Wrestling Radio Live. I'm your host, Christian Piles, joined by my two co-hosts, Stephen Kyle Bracky and Ben Funky Askren. Before we get going, oh boy, we got a clip. We got a clip. It's called foreshadowing, Christian. Cut, foreshadowing. cut to the clip, Tyler. But every time I think we're out of topics, we come up with more topics. And not because of uh, breaking news ever, unfortunately. Yeah, why is there no news? How about we have some news start? That would be fantastic. Yeah, yeah. yeah. somebody do yeah. something. Someone, someone uh, <laughs> I don't want anyone to get fired, but that would help. Uh, okay. So, wow, that, that, was, was, that was, was from Thursday's that, show. That was that Thursday's was like, show. We made the future happen, almost. Yeah, that's not the that's not the future I was uh, ex- exactly looking for. I said, well, I you, said, was I it said, you specifically said someone get fired? <laughs> yeah, you I, did. I literally said it would help. I said I don't want anyone to get fired, but uh, it would help. okay, you didn't okay. So that's a little levity to start a pretty, uh, I guess, definitely heavy, very heavy topic. So the 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 I guess. We had an intersection of the racial conversation and wrestling um, came to a head on Friday when the Scrap Life account posted a very Facebooky rant, political rant, a racially divisive rant on their Scrap Life channel. And it was up for a short mm-hmm. period of time. It was taken down reportedly very quickly. And... But, but you can't push it. Here's here's the problem with social media. You can't take anything on quickly enough because if you are a, any kind of relevant, people screenshot you right away. Yes, yes. So there's no mm-hmm. – uh, so you can delete it all you want, but it was up and it was out there. So yeah. I don't know the exact timeline of like when the post went out and when everything went down. I was uh, I was at an event Friday, but I had a side eye on this situation. I only wrestling. Really learned... There was no wrestling. I know. At? Unfortunately, unfortunately, see, here's the difference between wrestling and jujitsu. Wrestlers what? don't really want to wrestle 
that much. It's really hard to get them to wrestle. Jiu-Jitsu guys okay. will wrestle at any point or will fight whatever you call it, they're, what they're doing. They'll jiu-jitsu. All the time. They'll jiu-jitsu. They will jiu-jitsu yeah. um, yes. all the time. So there was an awesome event with actually the uh. number one uh, grappler in the world, Gordon it, Ryan. It's Gordon Ryan, right? Yes, yes, and he won by submission. So I was there, very much involved with that, but I definitely had an eye on this this situation, and I didn't learn about it till Friday evening or maybe the afternoon. And so the, my first awareness of it was Dylan Palacios quote tweet, and then James Green, and then I saw Kyvin Gadsden, and it was like, okay, this is this is this is developing, right? And so. Mm-hmm. Soon after, or maybe it wasn't until the next morning, I have we have the article, which is sort of serves as a, a, a very helpful timeline. Scrap Life released a statement. Uh, now, it was basically it, it described that they first thought it was a hack, but then there was a, an employee that did it, and they said, you know, they they sort of talked around it a little bit, but didn't necessarily say, hey. This was racist. This was wrong. We're really, we're so embarrassed, etc. So that was met with criticism by James Green and others. Green called out Don Bashada, who was the author Wait. of the original post. Oh shoot! So I'm, I'm, I didn't even know this part of it, Christian. So they tried saying it was a hack first. Never say it's a hack. Everyone knows you're lying. Well, and that just it only makes it worse. That that, uh, that makes it, that makes it like twice as bad. Right. Right. Well, because wow. they knew it wasn't, but they said they originally thought it was, but that it was. They, I don't know if, I don't know, I don't know if Scrap Life ever said we were hacked. I think okay. all I read was, I think they might. Someone had maybe direct messaged them and asked them, "Hey, what was up with that?" or something, and they had replied they were hacked. Oops. Yeah, uh, not, not hacked. That made it so much worse. Yeah. Yep. So then. Uh, later that morning, Scrap Life put out a more, uh, a stronger statement from Jeff and Ken, who I do not know who Jeff or Ken are, but they are, I guess, scra- they are Scrap Life leadership. Um, but they, they go on, and I don't know if I should read the whole thing. It's, it's kind of long. Um, yeah, don't read it. It's long. Don't read it. Well, basically, they say it was Don Bichotta, it was insensitive, inflammatory, and ignorant. Um response to the COVID epidemic and Black Lives Matter movement. And that it doesn't reflect them. They're, that Bashada is out of Scrap Life and they're, they're working to remove him as a partner because Don has equity in Scrap Life. Um, they apologize. They said they're very sorry. They're a small company. That, 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 I don't like that part about them you know, wanting to, either trying to remove them because, um, I mean, I'm not a business expert, uh, I, I know enough, I think, to where people can't just remove people from companies because of something, you know, something non-illegal, right? You can't just t- take someone's equity. I mean, obviously, if he agreed to be bought out, you could do that. But that, that to me, that kind of seems like, well, we're, we're either overstepping our bounds or trying to do something that we can't actually do, or we're just saying we're going to do something that we can't actually do. Well, they, but they didn't not say really he's a, out. They said their steps are underway to remove him as a correct. partner. Correct. Yeah. So they're going through but the there's, process. But what steps? It's either he, he, he either has to agree to it or not. If he doesn't agree to it, then he's not out. Yeah. So you see what I'm saying? I would, I would, I'm reading between the lines, think that means they're going to try to buy him out, buy his equity from him, and then okay. no longer have an affiliation with the company. That's, that's how I interpreted that. Yeah. Okay. Because, yeah, it could mean if he doesn't agree to it, then 
he doesn't have to, he obviously is not being, for, he would never be forced to sell. Right, right. Okay. Um, okay, on and on, sign Jeff and Ken. Um, so then what where it really got, actually one of the first posts I saw after James and Kyvin and Dylan was Anthony Ashnault, like, just kind of quote tweet and be like, whoa, hold on, this is not what I stand for. I'm looking into this. I'm trying to figure out what happened. And then June 6th, Saturday around noon, Ashnault says, hey, I'm out of Scrap Life. I'm terminating our relationship effective immediately. To which Daniel Cormier, the man, Mm -hmm. says, good on you, Anthony. Please contact me on what you were getting. I'm going to make sure whatever you were walking away from, you will get. Morals over money, DC. Then... Seth Gross follows. This guy right there is putting his money where his mouth is. Yes, absolutely. Daniel, it's fantastic. He's the man. Uh, so then Seth Gross has a similar. He puts out his statement and then announces he's le- also leaving Scrap Life. He's gone. Not going to be affiliated yes. anymore. Um, and so there's basically like two responses that we've seen from from athletes, or maybe three. It's like. Make a statement, sticking with Scrap Life, just kind of overall denouncing. Make a statement, leaving Scrap Life. Whereas Zane, he made a statement. I think he really thought thought deep about what he wanted to do. He said, it, yeah, I'm out too. So as it mm-hmm. currently stands, um, David Taylor, Jason Alf, and Bo Nickel currently remain. Thomas Gilman. Well, and Thomas Gilman. Gilman. Gilman, yeah. Yeah, forgot about Gilman. Currently remain with Scrap Life. Anthony Ashnault, Joey McKenna. Seth Gross, Zane. Zane Rutherford have all left Scrap Life at this point yes. in time. Mm-hmm. But every single one of those athletes has put out a statement um, denouncing what what Don put out, right? Denouncing yeah. the, the post that he had made. Um, so, hey, I, you know, yeah. I was thinking, we, you, you and I talked a little bit this morning, Christian, and, and I, I, I was thinking about this. And so, you know, I was thinking about the companies that I've been sponsored by over the past, and I kind of mentioned this to you. Well, for, first, I'm going to start with Rudis because that's who I'm currently sponsored by. Um, you know, and I, I guess there was some of this in Don's personal uh, Facebook, which I didn't follow. I didn't know. Uh, what, I don't know what he did, what he said, but I've heard it. There's similar things. Okay. So you have a decent idea of who he is. So with Rudis, it's like, okay, uh, you know, there, there's three main owners, then a fourth owner, um, you know. Uh, and with uh, Jesse and Tommy, I consider them friends. Obviously, Tommy did 100 and some podcasts with. I talked to them on a very regular basis. Um, but say Jeff Jordan, who I, I like him. Every time I met with him, been a really positive interaction. Seems like a great dude. But I don't follow him on social media. I don't know what he says. Um, I don't really know what his political views are. So it's kind of like, man, I, I, I don't want to say, you know, although maybe Don did say some of this stuff on social media, I don't want to implicate these guys and say they knew exactly who he was and what he stood for. Because because I'm in a situation where I don't. If Jeff Jordan was posting crazy stuff, I, I don't follow him. I, I wouldn't know about it, right? I mean, I, I do follow Tommy and Jesse, and I'm pretty close with those guys, and I, you know, stay in touch with them. And so, you know, I think about it that way. It's like, okay, you know, Maybe some of these guys knew what they were getting themselves into. Maybe some of them didn't, right? And then I go back to another previous situation when I was with a company called Cage Fighters. Some of you guys may remember them. Now, Mike DeSabro said some totally insane stuff on, he would, on social media. He was a racist, but that didn't mean he wasn't going to say some crazy stuff about God knows who, right? And 
I, it was always so cringeworthy to me. And obviously people would text me like, uh, well, let's see what Mike's doing. And I'm like, I would roll my eyes and well, I don't really, I don't really want to see what Mike's doing. I don't want to know what it is. Cause I'm sure it's something totally crazy. And I, I never viewed him as a representation of myself. Right. Um, and had there not been for a monetary agreement between myself and cage fighter, I probably would not, I mean, may, maybe not at all, but I probably wouldn't have socialized with him or kept in touch with him nearly as much as I did. And for a lot of these younger athletes, um, sponsorship can be a majority of, I don't want to say majority, but a decent portion of their paycheck. And so um, obviously some of these guys may, for, for the sake of their family, for feeding their family, you know, may not look deeply into what exactly are this guy's political beliefs? And then I think some people would, would you know, would argue, it doesn't really matter what he politically believes or can I just be connected to him business-wise? Because there's a lot of people who I uh, I spend time with and do stuff with who have other political views. I mean, it's like, I, I kind of see myself as down the middle, not really very far right or not really very far left. Um, I don't know how other people categorize me. But I always, and so I see part of the problem is it's so divisive. People say it's either the right or it's left. Oh, it's their fault. Oh, it's their fault. And it's like, well, you know, we should have some more patience, understanding, and empathy for other people's situations and what other people have to say. And, and then the other thing I always go to is, man, there's always people smarter than me. So while I think I may have it figured out, uh, there's probably people who are smarter than me who disagree with me. So I should sometimes I need to just take a deep breath, relax, and listen. When I, um, I'll be honest with you, Ben. I, I didn't know, yeah. didn't know you then, but sure. I was uh, obviously a, a, a big fan of yours. I've made no secret of that coming up. Uh, you yes. were one of my favorite wrestlers, and I was always like, "What is he doing with this clown?" Ben Askren is one of the most thoughtful, intelligent people. <laughs> I, and like, I was like, "This is the most the anti Ben Askren person." Like, this dude is just—he's a disaster. I'm like, why? he was a disaster. And honestly, I was like, I was like, man, why would Ben even? I did think I, I never thought any less of you, but I was like, what is he doing with this guy? This that guy yeah. is a toxic individual. It was so clear. He's saying Jake Herbert can't wrestle his way out of a paper bag. Like what? <laughs> yeah, he would just he Jake would just go Herbert, and attack people Jake on social Herbert media would, would all eliminate the Sabato from the face of the earth if he had an inkling. <laughs> what is this guy talking about? The world silver medalist. I mean, this, yeah. this guy, this is a guy that went at Burroughs. Uh, I mean, he, he, yeah, was, I mean, he was just a bad, this is a, a bad dude. Well, and I was like, why is Ben Askren with this guy? I, I thought that. Yeah. So while you're saying, now, the difference is DeSabado was, he liked being in that Dana White sort of, I'm, yeah, I'm, he wanted to be out in stuff. front of the brand, whereas yes. Don is, is a behind-the-scenes guy, whereas most people didn't know who Don Bashada was until this happened, right? And that was how he carried um, it versus how Mike carried it. I think he wasn't to he wasn't totally secretive, but yeah, I mean, he was obviously no no one's out in front of it as much as Mike was. Um, and you know what? Uh, I I don't I don't have any hard feelings towards Mike. I, I think he was, uh, you know, I think he was a little he was very misguided in some of the things he would say, and a lot of it was just pers personal animus. I mean, he did deals with. Herbert and Burroughs and they went south and, you know, Mike, Mike was probably likely at fault. I, I didn't see the deal, so I can't tell you for sure. And then, you know, he, he held grudges against those people. And so obviously when stuff came up, he would say negative things about them. But yeah, I, you know, and so now looking back at that, it's like, I never really viewed him as a representative of me. 
it's like okay this you know and i and i guess i I don't know if that's naive to think that but that was that, that was absolutely how i thought about it um and yeah i mean so i i guess now that i think about it, yeah yeah i guess i probably was representing him but that's probably not how i thought about it at the time right no i could see that um yeah i think the company you keep is definitely um i mean i think it's a good way to uh, i think it's actually a pretty accurate good way to kind of judge who you are right you're kind of like the the yeah. statement you're kind of the average of the five or ten people you spend the most mm-hmm. time with i think that's probably Absolutely. true right so there, there's something uh-huh. there's something to that now your idea your example where you're talking about you don't know jeff jordan all that well um yeah, and, and I don't follow him on social media. I don't even know if he is on social media. He seems like a guy who might not be on social media. But he's I'm not. not sure. He's on Twitter, but not. Re- he's not like a. <laughs> he like not, never posts. Okay. He's not really on the scene. Okay. Yeah. Um. But I. Th- I think there is an element of that. But I think there also is an element. I mean, th- some of those guys definitely knew Don very, very well, and no, and yeah. his his perspectives politically were definitely not revealed to them on Friday morning when they made the post. They were known well before sure. that time. So, sure. Um, you know, and they, they, you know, it's, it's their choice and prerogative to, you know, align or not align with that. But, um, yeah, I mean that, that puts, obviously that puts some of those guys, because you can't necessarily mind read. You can't say, I know that they knew this a hundred percent. It's almost impossible. It's just like, you know, I, I, I didn't know it anything Mike DeSabato was going to say, but I, I knew he was a little bit of a, a loose cannon and I didn't really know what he was going to say. Right. So when I got a, you know, when I got a bunch of texts at 10 PM and I rolled my eyes, Oh, who did he attack on Twitter now? Okay. Uh, you know, sorry, the guys, the guy, the guy's a loose cannon. I, I know he is. Apologize. Um, you know, I, he doesn't represent me, whatever. And you know, I didn't, I think everyone I dealt with realized that he didn't represent me. He was just his own, Loose cannon who might say anything he wants at any point in time. Yeah, yeah. So further, um, I mean, what what else is there? Well, I, I so we have. A, I think we were going to have a special guest coming on tomorrow. Where we can kind of yeah. delve a little deeper into this this issue, which I, I'm really looking forward to. Um, so we don't want to give it away for sure yet because it's, it's it's the ink is not dry. We're working on it. We're working on locking it down. So hopefully, we'll have some good tomorrow. But yeah, I mean, I, I think. I think obviously it speaks to the the climate in America, um, and I, I guess kind of that's what I've been talking to my athletes in the in the last couple of days. Now it's like again, uh, I know some people who I, you know I think they're reasonable people who are on the right who they don't say as crazy things as Don did. That was a little extreme for me, but they say um, not all that far off, and it's just like. I, I don't agree with you. I wish you would give um, – I wish you had a little more patience. I wish you had a little more understanding. I wish you would maybe understand that you're not always right, that you don't know everything. I mean, I, I had someone who I know said something they – were, they were talking about the race issues, and they were talking about a very specific person. They said, I know everything they've been through. And it's like, that is so insane. How can you know every, you do not know everything that that person's been through. Yeah. Like you are totally crazy. You, there's no way. Like, I mean, Christian, you don't know, probably don't know everything your wife's been through. I, you don't know. I have a great relationship with my wife, but I'm not sure I know every single instance of every single feeling she's felt in her whole life. I mean, maybe Max, because I grew up with him would be the closest person to that for me where I would kind of, but there's probably a lot of feelings that Max had that I don't know about. So, so I, saying that, you know, every single thing that someone's been through is just, it's, it's freaking ignorant. Um, right. so, 
Don't run that angle at me. Yeah, not a not a smart angle. Um, I, I was talking. I don't, I won't say doesn't matter who a, a a black wrestler, and and the the idea that we're where we should be racially as a country is, um, it's really hard to think we could be there yet. When when you consider that the civil rights movement was in the sixties. Yeah. It's not even a generation mm-hmm. removed from that. And the idea that that would just be completely, all right, we're, well, we had the civil rights movement and you can, basically you can do the same things as a white person. It's like, it's going to take, it's going to be a, and has been a process to get to a point yeah. where true equality is reached. And certainly no, no one could think we've, we would have reached that in um, 40, 60 years, whatever it would have been. Yeah. Right. So mm-hmm. That has to be acknowledged, right? And well, a lot of people don't want to. And see, here's the problem, Christian. Um, a lot of people don't want to acknowledge that they want. They want to say uh, every black person has it just as equal as every white person, and and that is not a statement that I find to be true. And actually, I would like to watch the entire thing that the, the U.S. wrestling did thing with uh, black athletes yesterday, and I got to watch a Jaden Cox clip this morning. It happened last night, and I was at practice, so I didn't watch the whole thing yet. But you know. Jaden, man, he's so smart. And he just says, uh, the way he just phrases things, and he talked about, um, and you know, I I haven't heard it from anyone recently, but I remember, you know, I remember hearing things like this in my past. He said like, well, they're not like you, referring to other mm-hmm. black people, are not like you. And it's like, shoot, I've heard, I've heard people at that point in the past say that. And it's like, probably at, at that exact point in time, I didn't realize how ignorant that statement was. And it's just, it's just so ridiculous. So I'm looking forward to watching the whole thing. Um, and, uh, you know, I think, uh, obviously, I value a lot of those people on there. I think they're they're super intelligent. So I'm very curious to hear what they have to say. Um, and, you know, maybe I'll come in with even a, a better perspective after I listen to that. Yeah. Yeah. I That was sort of a pervasive, not pervasive. That sounds really bad. But that was something I, I heard a little bit growing up. It's like, ah, oh, I don't. I don't hate black people. I, I hate the N word. Right? That that Oof. they would describe that. It's like, well, yeah. I didn't grow up in an area like that, so I, I never really heard yeah. that much. Yeah, it was it was. Um, I, I'm not trying to paint the whole the whole place is not like that, but it's just more pervasive in the in rural Virginia, right? It's just yeah. it's just the reality and something. That's why I'm maybe. I don't know. I probably had more conversations about this growing up than a lot of people did. Just kind of growing up yeah. there, my parents really wanted to kind of drive that home, like how important this is, and kind of like the history that the country had. <laughs> yeah. So there's a um, yeah, there's other stories, but um, not super. No, that's my I mean, yeah, that important. Um, so I think, and that that this is where Christian, this is where I think. Um, I, I was talking to the person we're potentially going to have on tomorrow, yesterday. And I said, I actually said, uh, a lot of white people in wrestling, blue collar, and I, I brought this specific example up before. I don't really know that they're racist. I don't know that why they're expressing the views they are. Maybe they just feel it and they can't really, right? Not everyone thinks about every single feeling that they have. And so the one that I bring up that drives me totally insane is, you know, obviously for me, it's mainly the Wisconsin State Tournament because that's that's the one I go to most of the time, right? I've been to other ones, and but um, a kid can flex and point and do a backflip, and they get cheered, right? And they they get pretty much whatever they want in that manner. Yeah. But if you dance a little bit, you get booed, and it's mm-hmm. like, 
Whoa, 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 whoa. This, this, okay, why? Listen, okay, maybe they, they shouldn't they, you know celebrate for, say, 45 seconds, but I give them a 15-second window, and they can do whatever the hell they want. I don't care what it is, right? As long as maybe they're not, say, flipping off their opponent or, you know, giving a DX symbol to their opponent's coaches. You know, something like that maybe would be across the line. But if they want to, you know, just be in their own space and whatever, they can do whatever they want. But pretty much across the board, if a kid dances, he gets booed. Um, and, and if they flex or whatever, they're cheered in. So it's like, you know, I don't know that everyone in the crowd even thinks about why they feel that way. And, but there's definitely some racist undertones to that, even though they may not realize that. Yeah, that was we, – we did an FRL – Years ago, this is when the who's number one happened about uh, Chad Red, and after he beat Pletcher and won who's number one, and he did awesome. It, I, we loved it. We were like, "This is great." Yeah. Um, he dabbed on him and and all this stuff. That's and, what we wanted, like all the kids to do after they won. Yeah. If they, I mean, it's cool, right? And it's it was it was like an authentic, genuine celebration, right? And Ch- Chad is a guy that has done that throughout his career, and we we are. 100% here for it and have been saying that for a long time. But he got uh, – there was so much, like, classless and blah, blah, blah. And that it was really – and that's why yeah. we felt compelled to talk about it right after it happened. Like, no, no, this is good. Do this. Do this. This is fine. And, you know, Trent Hydley eats a sandwich after he pins Julian Ramirez. Mm-hmm. It's hilarious. <laughs> it's like they're both yeah. – no, they're both great. They're both great. And – yeah. And I, th- I think well, you- no, no, Christian, you have to either. If your opinion is that one stinks, your opinion has to be that the other one stinks yeah. also, right? You just have to. And, and listen, true. you're welcome to hold that That's opinion. That's true that too. There's, there's no celebrating allowed in wrestling, which I think that opinion is dumb. But you're allowed to have that. Yeah. Where the issue is, and this for me, where uh, you know, and uh, man, I don't want to talk about mainstream media, but we're, we'll help. Let's go for it. The the issue for me is hypocrisy, where. Uh, this this knucklehead, I don't even know what her damn name is because I saw a clip on Twitter and I don't watch, but this uh, uh, female reporter on Fox News and she says, Ingram. Drew Brees should have that. Okay, that lady, yes. Yeah. Uh, Drew Brees should get to have his opinion and at the same time that they play the second clip of her telling LeBron to shut up and dribble. It's like, no, no, no. Either athletes get to have their opinion or they don't. Your opinion is one or the other. Your opinion should not be hypocritical or you're saying in the instance that it serves you, it does get to happen in the instance it doesn't serve you. No, it doesn't. Right. That's, yeah. that's where it gets really dicey for me. That was a, a, a laughable, laughable example. Um, oh, so ridiculous. Very, very ridiculous. So I encourage everyone. We're, um, we're going to hopefully help feature this, this moments off the mat that Taylor Miller did with um, a panel of black wrestlers. It was really good. I'm like an hour and some into it. It's two hours long. So yeah. maybe knock it out in a couple chunks, but Basically, uh, uh, the crux of it is well, I haven't finished it as I as I said, but they're they're given like some of some of the very personal experiences that they've mm-hmm. gone through and examples where they felt like they were uh, victims of racism, and some of them are much more overt, like Ivan Gadsden literally just getting called the N word at, at at various places, mm-hmm. and Mark Hall. Um, he had an experience, and this is crazy, Ben, because we were we were there. Yeah, I want to hear you. So you kind of mentioned this one. I, I yeah. was curious to hear what you're saying. So at the Iowa duel this year, yes, I, I think it was. I don't know. I don't want to say it was this kid, but he was talking about it was around the time when they were doing that, where the kids getting the, like the the balls 
and they run at each other. Oh, the it was yeah, like intermission, yeah. And so it was Mark. Oh, okay, okay, I got you. Mark got you. and a couple wrestlers hanging around, white wrestlers, and Mark. And the guy goes basically the extent of, he doesn't say anything overtly racial, but he's like, "Mark Hall, you're you suck. You're a b-word or some something to that effect." But Mark yeah. just like felt he's like, "This is." 100% because I'm I'm black. But, like, he didn't say what he yeah. felt. But he said he came out. He said he was seeing red. Um, Coach Cunningham, like, calmed him down, had him go to the back, listen to music, whatever. He came out so fired up. And that's why mm-hmm. he jacked up Kimmer. And he's like, I threw him too hard. I was so. He threw him like, too hard. He threw him too hard. And he basically was like, I was so jacked up from that incident that, like, it, it impacted my wrestling that way. So I, thought, I was like, because we, when it happened, yeah. we're like, oh my gosh, we were literally saying, what, what got into happened? Mark yeah. Hall? What got yeah, into this really guy? Said that, I think. Mm-hmm. And then, well, turns out this dude at, at Carver Hawkeye really, really. So. Yeah, was, that, that's a date. That's for me. That's that. Uh, and, you know, I don't want to speak for Mark Hall, but that that's where I think it could get a little bit dangerous where, you know, people is, you know, mind again, I'm not going to mind reading anyone, but people mind read where they feel like they said this because of, my color or something yeah and listen i i i it, is that a possibility absolutely and are there racist people and i we just talked about it sure right but when we start um thinking that it is when it isn't that's uh that that's I, for me that's dangerous territory yeah then it's like i can i can mind read everybody and i know what everyone's saying and so you know i'm not gonna i don't want to say mark hall was wrong but you know there's a possibility that that guy there, listen we're in iowa so there's a possibility he was racist for sure right there's there's a possibility he wasn't also. There's no way we can know 100% for sure unless he said some type of racist stuff. Yeah, and, and that was that was something as I was listening to it was thinking about more and more cuz I was like, well, yeah, that's not Like you, yeah. That's like not a, Jane's example, I sorry, Christian, but Jane's no, example fine. is very very cut and dry um to me and I, and I I know what he's saying and I've heard other people say that and I, I totally agree with that and I you know I need to listen to more of it. Um Marks for me is is that that story, and I need to, I didn't listen to it, right? So I'm taking your words, but I did listen to it. But it's more of a gray area where um, it's not super cut and dry, right? And and that's where so I was kind of going back and forth with this too in my own mind because on the one hand I was like, man, that is uh, I I don't understand. I, I can see why he'd be so upset, but do we know that it was racially motivated? It's just something he felt, and I was like, well, it's easy for me to like look at it pragmatically and make this judgment because the words are not necessarily racially tied. But then it's like, well, if if you grow up, when you grow up black, are you always thinking and wondering like, what does this white person really think about me? Like how much are they like living that life? Like wondering like, well, you're being nice to my face, but why did you say this? And are you just Mm. calling me this because you know where the racial lines are and that, you know, you don't have yeah, to 100%. go there necessarily to hurt me. But then I was thinking on the other end. So, so Burroughs, Jordan's talking about it and he's talking about different things that have gone on. And uh, I'm sure I know for a fact that he's, you know, had to deal with a lot of stuff like this, but mm-hmm. then there's people, he was talking about people in Instagram comments saying, I just wish Burroughs would lose. I'm ready to see this guy lose. I'm ready to see him go oh, away. Instagram comments are the worst. Yeah. Well, one, that's the maybe the main lesson. But two, it's like, yeah. well, okay. I mean, isn't – we can get to that point, right, where we can say – where a fan would just be like, I'm, you know, I was sick of Kobe Bryant. 
I, I was team LeBron. Yeah. Like, yeah. I don't know. But Jordan reads that and thinks, hmm, I wonder why that is. Is it just because? Yeah. Because in Jordan's mind, and this is this is true in my mind, like, what what else could I have done? I think I think he's exasperated because he's like, have I not represented this country well? Have I not sure. represented myself well? Am I not a family man? Have I not done X, Y, and Z? And you still no. want and you still want to see me go away? Well, why is that? So it's like, yeah. Well, okay. that could be. I mean, that that but that's fans, right? No better pick a sport. There's there are fans of this and of this. I mean, I'll pick a white wrestler. Like, I don't not like Pat Downey because he's white. I don't like Pat Downey because he's a freaking moron. Right, I mean that has nothing to do with the color of his skin. It's because he's a moron. I don't like Austin DeSanto not because of the color of his skin again, but because I don't like the way he acts. Yeah, right? I, I think he acts like a knucklehead. And so, right, I, and so again, that's unless there's a clear cut, and you know, and maybe those, and maybe those guys are extrapolating because they have experienced real racism, so they're extrapolating to other people. Yeah, but that to me, that that yeah, I mean, the mind reading is it's tough. Yeah, for sure. Um. Well, yeah. So I, I'm gonna listen to the uh, moments on the mat. I'm excited for it. Um, I I, I love the Jaden Cox clip that I that I heard. Um, and you know, I would say, and this is where you know I said earlier about the celebration thing, where I think there's probably a lot of people in the crowd, Christian, that don't that don't have deep self reflection and say, okay, why am I booing this guy that's dancing? Mm-hmm. Is it because there's there's is because there's a little bit of bias inside me somewhere, and I think the answer there is right. Um, that's kind of painful for for people to have that recollection that oh shoot maybe I do have some slight racial biases, and I should probably knock those off. Now, are there people who are extreme and are very very racist? Yeah, absolutely. And uh, you know, I think those people are, are um, pretty out there. We can see them, but it's it's the other people that um, you know. And again. Maybe they don't even mean it. Um, what's the right word here? Not aggressively. What's the word I'm looking for? Negatively. Yeah. Okay. I'm looking for a word that means aggr- maliciously. Thank you, oh. Kyle. My Maybe they don't even. Maybe they don't even. They don't even mean it maliciously, but they should, you know, have more self reflection to understand, you know, what it is that that what it is and why it is that's coming out of them. Yes. So. Okay. Yeah. Well, okay, that was it. Yeah, I, that was good. I think we're going to pro- hopefully talk about this some more tomorrow. Yes, hopefully so. Yeah. All right, let's um, easy segue from race and wrestling to 174 pounds. Simple enough. Uh, um, sometimes the okay, best segue is admitting there's no possible segue, right? But 165 was great. 174, this is going to be another interesting weight class where it's not as good as 165. Especially if we think Miles Amin's going up, which he basically definitely is. Yeah, he, is. he told. I think it's just a matter of what weight. I honestly think talking to Nomad and those guys that 97 could be in play. I'm not saying that it will be, but it sounds like it could could be in play. Miles Amin. What? Dude, I would love that. What? Dude, him at 97. I mean, can you look at it too. It's an easier weight. Much easier. You kidding me? What does that do for Michigan's lineup? Well, well then, do you bring you, um, Caffey can stay at eighty four. No, what's the Michigan State guy? Oh, J- Jelani Embry. Johnny Embry. Caffey. <laughs> but but it's wrong Michigan school. Cameron Caffey is going up. To yeah, that, I think that's what confused what? me. Caff, yeah, Caffey said on Blood Round. He's Since going, when? He's going to ninety seven. Because his hair keeps growing. His hair won't. He's, he's trying, not going to he, cut his hair. 
He's trying to beat me for the best throw ever. Yeah. <laughs> he, he's coming. He's coming. Um, uh, so he's going up. Wow. Okay. Yep. That's so interesting. I like that move for him, too. Like, 84, he's, like, kind of one of the guys. Like it's maybe. just not as deep of a weight. No. And- L- literally, right now, Miles Amin versus Noah Adams. Who wins that match? That's that's the number one guy. Miles Amin. Right? I think so. I mean, he's like a world-class yeah. guy. Favored. Yeah. You guys he's- say he's better than Derringer. I'm definitely picking him over uh, <laughs> Noah Adams. I don't know if he's better than Derringer. I don't know that. I know he could, I believe, I personally believe he could go with Alex Derringer. Hey, the best part is they're both at Cliff Keen Wrestling Club, so we could theoretically find out. Let's have a match. Let's have a match. That won't probably happen, but hey, dare to dream. So we I started, think we should do a match. So 174, <laughs> yeah, I think we should too. 174 mm-hmm. is, is pretty thin. And who's, who can stop Michael Kemmer? I don't know if we can. Uh, yes, he's got the rankings pulled up here. But it's Kemmer one, Amin two, but Amin's like, He's gone. Yeah. Take him out. So it'll be Massa. Well, uh, Labriola was a competitive match this year. Mm -hmm. He almost beat him at the duel. Sort of. Sort of almost beat him. What do you mean, sort of? If he would have finished that single leg, he would have won. Right? I thought that would have tied it. Maybe you're right. No, it was 1 1. Oh, dang. Yeah, it was 1 1. So yes. he would he would have beat him, and he he was really sloppy on that fin- single leg finish. You need to work on scrambling, Mikey Labriola, and you finish that single leg. I remember the battle of the Mikeys. Um, so then it's like Caleb Romero, but Caleb Romero might be out. It could be Carson Karchla. There's so many questions Ooh. here. As we mentioned, Ohio State could seventy four sixty five. It's really not determined, but imagine number four guy Caleb Romero out of the lineup potentially. For, for Carson mm-hmm. Karchla. Then Anthony Valencia, Carter Storaki, who we got a question about why he's ranked Dude, he, six. He could compete with these guys. How about that, though? For how sure. about how this kind of, if you're looking for Dude, really- if you're looking for Penn State to like climb some rungs, 74, look at this weight class. You tell me he can't go with Anthony Dude. Valencia? Anthony oh, yeah, Valencia versus, versus uh, Carter Storaki right now. Who you got? <sighs> I'm taking Carter Storaki over everyone, not Michael Kemmerer in this weight class. And maybe and my, I could even see him over Michael Kemmerer. He brought, yes. Um, like he's right really, there. really good. He's super, super duper good. Oh, my goodness. I'm watching Labriola Kemmerer. Dude, bro, <laughs> come on, Labriola. Sit your weight down. You finish a shot, and then you beat my you beat Michael Kemmerer. Big mistake. Shaking my head. Yeah, he didn't sit his weight down. He got rolled through. Actually, this move, I, I bash on this move all the time. It's actually normally, so he goes, uh, I, we call it a monkey roll. I don't know what the real name is, where you grab the ankle and the waist and you roll them through. Um, mm. It's a, mainly a freestyle. So he does that, and then he goes into leg pass, and then he gets beat from there. Yeah, but he should have he sat his weight down, and he would, nev- he would never have got rolled through, and he would have an easy takedown. That going it. Well, tell, tell Brian Thank Snyder. You. That's your buddy. Well, my, 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 Mark May doesn't like scrambling, so I'm sure they don't really work it at all. What? They don't. I mean, it's worked out, right? They have really good teams, but yeah, they don't work it too much. Oh, okay. Well, how, yeah. how is it? Unav- isn't it unavoidable? Well, that, that would be my argument. Okay. Some Chad people Red's agree a, with me. Chad Red's a good scrambler. I don't think he discourages certain people from scrambling, but I don't believe they teach it in depth. Oh. And listen, I think I think that's the case with a lot of schools in, in right now. I think that's going to change with my gen. I think it is changing a little bit, but it's going to change with 
my generation of coaching, mm. right? Mine and younger. So, you know, we only have how many people that are head coaches that are my age or younger? Keith Gavin, Coleman Scott, uh, who else? Pendleton, Nickerson. He's older than me, but yeah, he's close. Nickerson's I mean, younger two than years. me. Sure, sure. Yeah, fair enough. Um, yeah, so the, the numbers aren't very many. 10 so to 15, I, maybe? Yeah. Maybe not even that many. Ooh, really? Maybe, yeah, maybe I, don't, just, I don't think it's that many. Maybe just 10. Like, Probably less than ten, yeah. So I think it's, I think it's going to change. I, I think coaches are, you know, seeing that it's uh, that it, it's uh, very it's a necessity. But then I, you know, the other thing, Christian, and I'm running this into my club, and I got to be open and saying like, I just taught something last night. You know, what I taught I taught the Chimizo position, and you know what? That's only existed for like two or three years. I don't ever ever remember seeing it prior to that. And so it's like, hey guys, I'm teaching you this. No one ever taught me this. I learned this from, from watching Frank Chimizo. And so if you guys have input, some of you guys are really smart, give me some input back. But yeah. that's so for as a coach, that's kind of hard to say. Well, I don't really know. They didn't do they didn't do this. When I wrestled, they didn't do this, right? And it's funny because for me, wrestling's evolving so fast. You know, we were talking about uh the Batirov position, you know, this one and this one where we're sealed. That again, that didn't really exist when I was wrestling. It definitely didn't exist in folk style wrestling, and that was prevalent. And so, you know, he had to be open to saying, well, you know, so, you know, someone said, well, what did you do against this? Well, I didn't have to do anything against it because it didn't exist. Right. Yeah. And so I think it's one of those things. So, you know, I think with a lot of college coaches, um, they're open to the idea. Like, so if you have a Chad, right. Okay. Chad, ready to do things. Good, good, go do whatever the heck you do. Right. Or, Got it. um, name, name another good scrambler. Uh, but I don't think they're really actively going in depth into these situations. Okay. And even for me, um, I would say I'm a cutting edge thinker in this sport of wrestling, but even for me, when I'm not doing it, when I'm not actively wrestling every single day, dude, uh, it's really hard to stay on, on that cutting edge of, so I'm not even talking about, I'm not talking about coaching, but act, actively wrestling every day, which I'm not doing. It's hard to stay on the cutting edge because you're not in there feeling stuff. And so I have to rely on watching it and I have to rely on, I have a handful of kids who I think are really smart. And I can ask them, well, what, what does this feel like? What does that feel like? And kind of, you know, judge from there. Yeah, yeah. Did did you learn this when through like Jake Suflon because he went to the same high school as you, like that? Because he was Jake a good Suflon, scrambler. No, no, he wasn't. He was pretty good. He was not. Okay, I have this conversation. Jake, all... Jake, you can text me, get mad at me. Listen, I tried to convince Jake for a couple of years that he really needed to dig deep into scrambling because Jake, Jake, I see Jake is very, very similar to me. Okay. Um, and so if we, especially if we go back to our high school careers, um, proficient leg attacker, really good on top, great lungs and, and that's uh, longer, right. Um, really determined, really disciplined. And I kind of see us in the same light. Right. And so I always go into my story. My story is this. I went to the university of Missouri. I had some really good wins my richer year, but I had a lot of losses Mm-hmm. And I came to the realization, this is why where I, I, I get annoyed that certain other people we talk about won't accept the reality, that I had great strengths. I had great cardio. I could wrestle for hours, right? But I was slow as molasses. My fastest ever 40-yard dash was a 5-3. And that wasn't going to change. Maybe I get to a 5-2 or maybe I get to a 5-1, but I'm not going to be as fast as Matt Pell or Tyron Woodley or name another guy on the team. I'm just not going to be that guy, right? So how do I evolve? How do I evolve myself? Because I still want to be really, really good at this stuff, and, and not just like good, but I want to be great, right? 
And that was kind of where all this scrambling came from is I needed to figure out how to put people in positions where they weren't comfortable in that I could score points and they couldn't. And that's where scrambling came from. And so that was, you know, I tried to get Jake Sufflon to want to scramble uh, more because I thought, because the other, okay, now we're getting, getting deep into the, into the theory of wrestling. Are you guys ready to go deep into the theory of wrestling? Okay, dude. Let me sit down. I mean, seriously, seriously, are we okay with this? Or is this a total sidetrack? I should just shut up. No, go, of course. We signed okay. up for this, Ben. You signed up for this. Okay, shit. Okay. All right. <laughs> so if if you are my my specific body type, okay? So, and this is this was Iowa's problem for a lot of years. And, and now they have some certain guys who are really great at scrambling. Um, but I can't get to clean shots in the first period on high-level wrestlers. I just, I can't do it, right? I can try all I want. I can lose all the basics you want. I am just, I, I run a 5 three forty. I'm not getting into your legs cleanly, right? And so if I, it, if I only use basic defense, so down block, go behind, and sprawls, okay? Mm-hmm. Which, you know, those are adequate basic defenses. But there's just going to be people that get to my legs because I'm slow. They're going to get there, right? And so if my only defense is to stuff them, well, that's just not going to work against some people. And so I have to be able to score more points off of their shots, right? That's a, that's a big part. If you watch my wrestling, that's a big part of my wrestling is that I can score. So, so what does this do, Christian? Obviously, you say, well, it gives you more points, right? But the other thing it does for me, especially early in those matches, is it makes people fearful of shooting because they realize that if they do get taken down, they're not going to give up two points, but they're going to give five points and potentially a fall. Mm-hmm. So without actually having a move, I am making people not want to shoot on me because they realize there could be very, very negative consequences. Okay. Right. So because I'm not as worried about people shooting on me because they don't want to do so because they realize there's, there's highly negative consequences to them shooting. What can I do? Well, I can push forward harder and hand fight harder because I know they're probably not going to shoot because they realize really bad things can happen. Does that make sense? Yes, it makes a lot of sense. And so I can be a lot more aggressive with my hand fighting and my my forward movement. Then if we go into – then I can start taking really crappy shots because I know all that really crappy shot does is encourage a scramble. And I know that other person doesn't want that scramble to happen because if that scramble happens, then I'm going to win. And literally like my coach Bart Horton – and this is probably before I really started mastering stuff, but when I was getting good at the scrambling, he's like, listen, Ben, first period – just go out there and make some scramble happen because they're gonna be scrambling and they're gonna be trying to win. And then by the time they get out of the scramble, they're gonna be freaking exhausted and they didn't even realize what they were doing. And there's so many times where that would happen where I would just go create a scramble. We would scramble for you know 45 seconds or a minute, and then by the end of that minute, they all they would be thinking about is winning that scramble. And then when they got done with the minute, they'd be like, Oh my god, I'm exhausted. And I'm like, okay, perfect. That's what I wanted to happen. I want you to be exhausted. Now let's keep wrestling. Okay, and so if you don't have those tools in your arsenal, then you can't make those things happen. So even without just a, hey, I have more moves, there's other theoretical things, you know, strategy of wrestling that can make happen, that you can make happen. Got it. That yes. is the first time I've said, oh, he's a pretty good scrambler. And you just like quickly like, no, he's not. <laughs> like, Got yeah. It. Well, because I, pers- I I tried to. I love Jake, and obviously, you know, I think Jake would acknowledge that he was. I think he was round of twelve three times. He came up a little short, and you know, I think he would probably say because uh, we had this conversations that my mind was closed to the scrambling at that point in time, and I think a, lo- a large part of that was Mark's influence. And listen, Mark Banning's a great coach, you know, and that's I've had people argue me he's not. It's like 
you're an idiot. Okay. Mark, really? if, if you take the, if you take the conglomerate of the last 20 years, and well, was not even, let's say, let's throw out what he's done with Jordan Bros and James Green at the world level. Let's throw that out. Let's we'll talk about just college wrestling. If you take the aggregate of what he's done in the last 20 years, I mean, how many coaches are better? NCAA Mark. finishes. Um, a couple, yeah, two, hand, three, four, handful. five, not, yeah, not many, not a lot. So, you know, he, he's up there on the, you know, the very, very top, uh, you know, top five, ten percent of coaches over the last 20 years. He's up there. So don't, you know, I, I'm not trying to put down his coaching. I think he's very, very good at what he does, but I don't think he teaches this one aspect, which, um, you know, why is why a guy like uh, Jake Sufon would, would struggle. And, you know, I think if you look at Mark's coaching career, I now I'm saying this without doing my research, so I hope I don't it. The smaller weights, right, where I think scrambling is, I don't want to say more necessary, but the scrambling is, uh, you have to have it at the lighter it's weights. More prevalent. In the upper, it's more prevalent. At the upper weights, 84, 97 heavyweight, even 74 to a certain extent, you can kind of lots of times get away with it because body types are different, because body styles are different. You can kind of get away with not being great at it. Sometimes, obviously, it always helps. Um, but you know, I would, I, it just kind of, my feeling is that Mark's have more good upper weights than lower weights. I don't yeah. know if you guys, you guys do those studies over the last 20 years of teams. Can we do, can we pull all of Nebraska's data up? I feel almost certain. I mean, they did have a national champion with Donahoe at 25, Yeah. but in general, it's, it's been true. You think Kokesh, Brester, um, yeah. you know, you throw out Jordan feel- and James, but. I mean, they're, well, they're no, no, I keep Jordan well. and James. I would just, I just didn't want to talk about the international wrestling because obviously, right. you know, what he's done there is outstanding. What Mark has done there is outstanding as well. Yes. So it would just be more his philosophical approach to the sport of wrestling is different than mine. But I think a lot, and I think he's really good. And I think a lot of other coaches in that era hold the same philosophical approach, but it, it is going to change. And this is why I, I think, I think this is why Kale has been so dominant with certain guys because not only do they wrestle hard, they wrestle hard and they can wrestle in every single position. They can wrestle through every single scramble because when you can only wrestle hard in certain positions, that can be very hard because you have to get to said positions and you have to mm-hmm. stay out of other said positions because you can only wrestle hard in, in certain positions as opposed to everywhere. If you think of uh, Mark Hall, David Taylor, Jason Nolf, Zane Rutherford, Ed Ruth—they could wrestle hard everywhere. It didn't really—it didn't really matter where they were wrestling. They were—they were going to keep wrestling, right? Yes, yes. How so, do you? How was, can you get that level of fluency? For so spend time there. Spend yeah. time there. In all but those positions. Every, but okay, oh. but you're saying they're good everywhere. How do you get good yeah. everywhere? They're completely fluent. There's time. There's time. Here's okay. Listen, my pet peeve in college coaches is like. Just drill the same effing high crotch a billion yeah. times. Well, listen, when, by the time I get the kid at age 18, he's already drilled the high crotch in a single leg. I recruited him because he was probably good at those things. Now, is, is every single kid good at those things? No, right? But now it's more like, okay, get to a high crotch, rest from there. Get to a single leg, rest from there. And actually, I was talking to some other wrestler this week, and um, we, were talk- <laughs> we were talking about making a, a chart of all – wrestling moves that ever exist right nice and there's some of them where it's like you could put this this thing so you have this thing and it goes into this chain of events right you would put this thing like five different places so you wouldn't need to necessarily do new work you would just put it a whole bunch of places on the chart because when you get to say an answer position 
Well, that that plays out. That has a whole bunch of steps afterwards. But whether you get there from a single leg up the middle or a high crotch crackdown change far side or uh, a past leg get there, what, no matter how you get there, and you can get there from a handful of different ways, it's always it's going to be the same once you get there. It's always going to be the same. This is the sequence of events once we get there, right? And we know that to be true. So once, so and this is kind of like chess. You know, in chess, a lot of times they focus on the end moves. So once we focus on the end move, once we get good at this, we can then replace this in a whole bunch of different other places. Got it. So you think potentially, and we have to, we can only hypothesize what, how they train at Penn State, but do you think yeah. they, they don't Yeah, Chael, t- stop making us hypothesize. Tell us what you do. <sighs> so, so mad. Got it. Yeah, well, so my my thought is, based on what you're saying, you think they skip out on a lot of the kind of mindless drilling that you see everyone do, and they skip ahead to the next thing, whatever the next thing is, and just spend more time there with the understanding, like, yeah, yeah you know how to hit a sweep single, you know how to hit a knee pull, you know how to hit a down block, go behind, yeah. and all these, yeah. do the other stuff? That that would be, that would be my guess. Kale doesn't tell us, so we can't know for sure. But it would be, it would probably be, I mean, like something I try to do a lot is like shoot a single leg. Okay. So we're still getting that repetition of shooting a single leg. But once we get the single leg, wrestle from there. Right. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it might be sparring, sometimes it might be live. So I'm still getting the repetition of getting, getting the single leg. And then we're wrestling from that, that position. Yes. Does that make sense? Makes sense to me. Yes. Yeah. So, so that's what I, that's what I think Kale would do. I would also say, you know, they probably, spend a lot of time saying start in this said scramble and then work out of it or at least you know maybe when kids come in there and and maybe the point is they're just so good now that everyone has a proficiency that they're all forced to have proficiency there um but i would say that they either teach or talk about certain situations and how to get good there and and what are the paths to success and then so when you get there from a single you're not you're not puzzled about being there you you know how to get there or sorry, you know how to finish there. Right, right. Yeah. Okay, so we went deep. That was 174. This has been That was, uh, man, That's uh, I love talking about the, th- the theoretical stuff of wrestling and the strategy and training. And, I, you know, I wish we could. I wish we had a, a – we can kind of guess how certain people train, but we don't have a great uh, – you know, we're not actually in the room on a very regular basis to know exactly what they do. Very true and unfortunate. Yeah. Um, so, okay, put a bow on 174. We think Kimmer, Labriola, Staraki are the big gun title contenders. Maybe throw Logan Massa in there. Any other names uh, to mention? Looking at the yeah. redshirt report, uh, not not a ton apart from I really like Chris Foca. Um, Ooh, I although, like Chris Foca a lot. Although I, I still, I'm, I'm not sure if he's ready to come in and be a okay. big top Top eight guy yet, but I love. Let me I let game. me push back. Let me push back on you on that one. He does a lot of scrambling, and yes. um, you know, for me, I, I lost ten matches as a red shirt. So if I was on this red shirt report, you guys would probably be saying, "Well, you probably said the exact same thing you said about Chris Vogel." Well, he had a couple of good wins, but I'm not so sure about this guy, right? Exactly. And so I think, um, I think it's a, a situation where. He could be figuring it out, right? He, he mm-hmm. could make a huge jump. Now he could all there's potentially doesn't, but I think with a lot of the scrambling guys, when they go from high school wrestling, which is a totally different level than college, there is 
uh, transitionary period to both the speed and the strength of college wrestlers. And that was what, you know, I had to adjust to. And then I had to, I had to, right. So I had to teach myself the scrambles, but the, the, the college kids now have to start understanding how to properly hit scrambling stuff on college guys, because there is definitely a different, uh, speed and strength to it. Right. And he put, yeah. uh, I 21 and three, very solid record. The The problem is like, I didn't get to watch him much, but I was at the scuffle and he got teched by Neil Richards. And I was like, what the heck? Mm. What's going on? Cause I thought I'm still, I yeah. am still very high on Chris Foca, but I just, I'm less sure. He beat Joe Grello, who I think Joe Grello is pretty good. He decked Dean Cherry. He beat Thomas Flitz. Both those guys were NCAA qualifiers. He went to overtime with uh, Daniel Bullard. He's a three-time NCAA qualifier. And just going to be a tough matchup for a freshman. Yeah. Just because yeah. he's very, very hard to score. Tricky. On. Yeah. And yeah. The Neo Richard match was weird for Foca because he got like, uh, we call it near arm far leg dumped. And it was like, how are you letting this guy do this to you over and over again? <laughs> and it almost made me. Um, it happened to Stefan Mitch like, against DeSanto. That guy's yeah, amazing. I mean, how does the. And then it was like, well, damn, Neil Richard's good at this. But I never, to that point, I never really heard of Neil Richards. Like, how does Neil Richards not do this to other people? Or was Chris Foca just kind of wasn't ready for that one move? Shout out VMI. Yeah, I don't know. Who who knows? Could be a confluence of things. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, no, I like I like Foca. Don't you you say you're pushing back, but I'm I'm a big Foca guy, so I am not a a denouncer. Well, I, so I can I, see I, in, I think... in two episodes from now, you'll say, "Oh, CP's all out on Chris Foca." I know that's going to happen, <laughs> even though I didn't oh say gosh. that. So I'm getting remember out in when front you called Mark Schultz and Ed Bannock bums? <laughs> <laughs> this is what I'm talking about. Lies. Okay. I, so, okay. Hey, well, think... Okay. Let's let's do this. Over under. Seventh place next year for Chris Foca. Ooh, that's right where it is. Man, for me, looking at this way, uh, I'll say he's top seven. Okay, good. I'll say top seven also. Okay, wow. Someone asked asked in the (laughs) app chat if uh, we maybe see some of the top guys at 65 move up just because of maybe the – a little bit of a weaker I, I think weight a poten- than 74. I think there's a potential for that. Man, I would. If it, not that Kemmer is a picnic, but just the depth is crazy. Right. right? Yeah. yeah. Like the depth. depth ne- I mean, nearly there. I don't know who it would be. Like, I don't think Marinelli moves up, obviously, because the Iowa lineup, unless the rivers of Kemmer moving up are possibly true. I think Makai wants to go 65. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, well, because who's there 74? Oh. And he, no, if he wants to go out. up, it's well, his. certainly, but it's not like, is it going to jack up their, no, because they're, I think they're hoping Dakota Howard can get down to 74, but he's never made it before. He's going to make it. He's going to be a G. <laughs> I, I think Dakota Howard's good. He just ran a okay. marathon the other day. See? What does that have to do with wrestling? Gonna, I don't know. I just saw it on Twitter. <laughs> he's focused. No, I, no. Chris said, Chris, uh, Christian said C. See? <laughs> exactly. He's a G. He's focused. He's ready. To, I, I His just, pace is unreal. He wrestles so hard. <laughs> this guy wrestles oh so hard. You don't know who Dakota Howard is yet, but I like him a lot. Where's he? He's from Ohio. I don't know what. Wow. St. Ed's. St. Ed's. I'm not familiar. Um, he's going to restart the streak. Let's okay. Get the streak back going. Yeah. We need him in the lineup to get the streak going. Who else could Let's get Let's go streak. Yeah. Ty Walls could get another year. Ty Walls. Dean Heil could get another Dean year. Dean Heil. Dom Avenators. Pre- Potentially getting another year. Maybe Tom Avenator. Wait, what? 
No, oh my gosh. St. Ed's had a streak of like 30 straight years. I know, I know, but I, 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 maybe I, I actually thought you were telling the truth about Dom Abner. No. <laughs> then I realized, I realized that's totally insane. You're definitely not telling the truth. Maybe one of the Heffernans come back. Who knows? Oh, yeah. God. Jim, Colin, who's to say? Shout out Colin at Ohio. Oh, yeah. Shout out Colin at Heffernan. Yeah, I like to cut Howard a lot. Um, does Spain need to answer for his ranking of Carter Starocki? He kind of does. He kind of. Why? Kinda, you think he should be higher? Well, no. no. Who'd he beat? Why? Just <laughs> his best win is. he's really uh, freaking good. I would put him no, higher. No, come on. That's, that's not I'm a basis. I'm putting him right behind Labriola. What is it? Spencer Carey, I think, is his best win. Spencer Carey. I I thought he beat. Didn't he beat the Harvey guy at 11? Maybe. I think he did. That's Hang it. on. I'm looking it up. He beat all Harveys. He beat Ben and Greg Harvey. Okay. So maybe that's yeah. enough. But I mean, why, why, like why are we going to play? Strokey's strokey, real deal, Bubba. Leave, leave him at six. Maybe move him <laughs> a couple spots higher. Real deal, Bubba. Stop playing around. He beat Greg. He beat Greg. Yeah, I don't know. It seems like uh, it seems like he, that's what you're supposed to avoid, though. Like, rankings are supposed to be rooted in what you've done, not what we think you're going to do. Like, Okay, yeah. okay. Don't, like, don't give me – don't read me my rights here. <laughs> I'm not a ranker, Christian. Yeah, you have not taken the oath. Yeah. So you're not a you're not a member of the guild. Well, I'm just explaining. Because then okay. you have like I do think Mantonona who is ranked directly behind him. Was wins over Colbray, Himauer. Um, How about his losses though? Joe Smith. Well, exactly. But here's the here's the thing. So Mantonona unquestionably has better wins. Of course he has losses, but those yeah. losses are those losses occur when you wrestle a lot of good wrestlers, right? Yeah. Which Carter's mm-hmm. Carter had a very limited schedule, so he has not faced that level of rigor. Because if he had, perhaps we'd have some losses to talk about, or perhaps not. Mm-hmm. All his losses were to uh, all Americans except DJ Shannon and Anthony Valencia, which were both in. I guess Valencia is technically an All American this past season. Technically, technically, mm-hmm. but really just DJ Shannon. His other losses were Brandon Womack, All American, All American, Dylan Lighty. All- all American yeah, this year, basically, and then two to Steyer. I guess was Colbert All American. Yeah, Colbert All American this year. Oh, man, this year. is so dangerous calling this year's All American because they, they didn't they went on to like twelve or something. They went to like sixteen or something. sixteen, maybe oh, doubled the All American. I don't know. It was a great year for wrestling. Um, all right, so that's seventy four. Ben, people think you're drinking beer. Oh, it's a sparkling water, guys. I don't drink. <laughs> Surprised you know that Ben Ben Askren doesn't. No, I know that. Has, I'm has never drank. <laughs> oh, I'm harassing. I'm harassing our audience. Yes. Yeah, they should know better. Come on, guys. Um, that would be really early to be drinking. I guess if you're an alcoholic, it'd be fairly normal. But besides that, it'd be pretty strange. <laughs> yeah. That's, uh, well, you can't drink all day if you don't start yeah. in the morning. <laughs> Royce Alger said that on the, yeah. on the show. He's like, you can't drink well, all day if you don't start in the morning. You Goodness. heard what I just said. Yes, Might I not did. be far off. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> um, Okie dokie. Let's go to some questions because uh, we have uh, okay. quite a several. Let's do it. Let's do it. How many, what percentage of them about scrap life though? I I didn't put that many in. Um, okay. Well, the first one's interesting because we got Joe Exotic in there. We, 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 I'm just talking about <laughs> but that was, I put that hey, more there for Can the we last. talk about Lance Christian? Oh, yeah. Talk about that? Maybe, maybe we'll do it tomorrow. Thursday. Or Thursday. Thursday. Okay. Yeah. 
I really uh, love to talk about it. All right, that'll give me time. I, I, I thought it was yeah. Watch awesome. it, dude. I know he hates Lance Armstrong, yeah, and that's why he doesn't I really want to do. watch it. I don't understand why. Listen, Christian. I'm sorry, Kyle. Accept that people are flawed. Accept that people are perfect. Lance has, uh, Lance is fantastic. He's awesome. He has flaws, like everybody does. Well, we can debate that Thursday. Let's save it. Save it. Let's save it. There's a unique bucket that Lance falls into that isn't like well, everybody else. I, um, I, I'm I'm excited to debate it. I am too. I don't know what there is to debate. Uh, but <laughs> what do you I'm mean? A, there's a, obviously there's a lot. Yeah, apparently. So I disagree more, more than I realize. Um, yeah. But, so no, I didn't want to do a bunch of scrap life questions because. But there's what the, the famous Joe Exotic scene after. Um, the guy got it. Saf. Saf got it, his arm bit off. <laughs> he goes in the gift shop, or he throws on the EMT jacket first, because obviously you're gonna oh, have the EMT jacket, and then he just goes, oh, "I am never going to financially recover from this." So someone goes, "Will Scrap Life ever financially recover from this?" Hashtag. Well, I mean, to, to top off their problems, Christian, they released a shoe about a week before his coronavirus. Um, which had to be the absolute worst time to release a shoe. I know from my time with Cage Fighter, because uh, Mike was developing a shoe, it costs a lot of money to develop a shoe. Yes. I'm sure you guys don't have positive reviews of the Cage Fighter shoe, as as either do I. It was not that great of a shoe, and it totally flopped <laughs> they were the financially. Most hideous shoes I've ever okay. seen. Okay, hey, it's, it's, so listen, <laughs> you don't want to get you don't want to start getting angry texts from Mike Desabo at this time of the morning I, either. I've so, had them before. Okay, we'll He's just watch, watch a couple cars cause... right now. Yeah. <laughs> Guys, I'm warning you. I have his number <laughs> blocked, so he can't come at me. He will come at you too, like a honey badger. Um, so producing a shoe is very, very expensive, and then the coronavirus hits, and then this. Oh God, that's they. They literally might not. I mean, you know, I don't want to say I have empathy for Don Bashada because he kind of put this on himself, but he's not the only member of that company, um, dude. That they might not, they mean they might they might go in the in the crapper. Although I'm not, I have no background dealings with them. I don't know what their financial status is. I just know that it costs a whole bunch of money to develop a shoe, and they probably did not sell very many. Yes, uh, so I don't know about the financial future. I couldn't. My understanding was it seemed like they were doing pretty well. They certainly had a uh, a lot of high profile athletes that you would think would a garner decent money to be paid for them to join your brand and which B would imply that you have a pretty stri- steady stream of income coming in. But you know, yeah. the backlash has been severe here and there's a, the, the wrestling apparel game is probably more competitive than it's ever been. You've got some, ever, you yeah. have real, mm-hmm. it's really been professionalized. I, I, you know, you know, cage, you, know you guys can thank for that one. Mike the Sabato. He got it going, and he, he was did. actually he got it started so that other people would make quality stuff that the brands would stand by. Unlike my experience, <laughs> listen, it was horror story. You are you are you are treading on thin ice. What's he? Oh, what's I, he gonna I, do? He's gonna come, he might come all the way to Austin and come at you like a honey badger. All right. <laughs> um. Well, there you keep go. Going, There's going. no one. But no, I'm in for that. It was low episode. quality stuff. People were getting the apparel and it was bad. Yeah, it was, there was, it was refunds and, and, and they have tor- horrible customer service. This is not a secret. Customer service was terrible. The yeah, reason not you're not getting cage fighter singlets and warm-ups anymore or bags because yeah. they felt everything was bad. So then so soon after that, 
You had well, you you had at the same time was well, Cradle Gear was at the same time. Also. Cradle Gear, yep, they existed, and then yeah, you know the Rudis and Compound and Scrap Life come along, and now okay, these are really these are quality brands that are kind of they make a good product. My understanding, they make a good product. Yeah. Um, all those brands do, and so that's really good. Um, there's probably others I'm forgetting, then someone will yell at me. But um, oh well, he can get in line with Mike DeSapo. Well, I, 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 th- I think you know. I think I, I think hit on the big is, ones. Is the, Rudis is the best one, and that's uh, why I spent my time with them. And you guys should only buy their products. <laughs> yes, I actually am wearing my. Uh, You're wearing Rudis. Let me see. It's very faint. I I tried to black over it with a marker. Oh, that's an IMR shirt. No. I'm oh yeah, sorry. I see it. I couldn't see it behind your computer and your microphone. Yeah. Um, hmm. No, um, so I think it's been a good thing, and yeah, you're right that Cage Fighter kind of did bring into the uh, elevated and the they, apparel game. Yeah, and they and they were the first one to seriously sponsor athletes, which um, uh, you know I, I will absolutely give my credit for. I have people got mad at me for giving credit for that, but uh, but f that, uh, that's the truth. You know whether whether we want whether the, whether the truth is pretty or not, that that's the truth. I you know. I, I, if you guys want me to reiterate my story about sponsorships after I graduated high school or college as a two-time Hodge Trophy winner, um, I can do that. It, w- it was ugly. I got offered barely any money. I ended up signing with Adidas because it was the best of the low money. Um, but it, it was a, it was an ugly scene. It was really ugly. Right. Um, no, no. He does earn, deserve credit for that, uh, for sure. And that's where mm-hmm. the credit will stop for me for now yeah um so yeah it's a it's a competitive space now and a lapse like this i guess the point i was making is like well if you could choose between scrap life rudis compound um what's the other one i'm forgetting that i already said uh nike maybe but they- well, i guess nike i don't know if they do t- i guess that yeah they do a team apparel um, they don't really have they don't really have like um Cool stuff like Rudis does. Like I say, they don't have a cool right. eye. Okay, we can. Like, can we have like, this conversation without well, a Rudis commercial? Is, no, no, it's not. F that. I'm telling the truth again. If Rudis <laughs> made crap products, I'd tell you they made crap products. They don't. And listen, well, I don't fighter made crap products, and I bet what, you what never cool... said that they made crap products when you were sponsored by them. Ooh, I, I would not say they made good products because I'm not a liar. <laughs> well, but <laughs> I'm saying no. But what you just said is, if Rudis made crap products, I would say it. Cage Fighter yeah, made crap products. Cage yeah, Fighter made crap products, did. and you did not say yeah. it. So, well, I might have. I don't recall. I don't want to say that I did or did not. There's definitely a possibility that I did because I definitely didn't say they were good. Rudis makes great stuff, and if they if they listen in the case that Rudis messes up and they have messed up ample times, their customer service is is next to none. They've taken care of a lot of my people, um, and I've heard, I've heard great reviews. Okay, uh, but like Nike, for example, listen, Jaden Cox should be a top three marketable athlete in the United States. What kind of cool Jaden Cox shirt can I buy? Ask me that. I'm going to search right now. Jaden Cox t-shirt. I'm going to, I'm searching it. Let's see what I get. Um, they have them. You know, they're, they're, they're very, eh, they're in their middle of the road. Um, they could do a much better job marketing him. You know, whereas if you go, well, I think it's going to be a rude oh commercial, but they have now people are going to get mad at you, but I don't think we're sponsored by anybody on this specific podcast. So I can say, Whatever I want without anyone getting mad. There's, uh, you know, Kyle Snyder has a whole line of products with Rudis, for example, from hoodies to uh, pullovers to pants to tights to whatever, right? And same with, uh, you know, Imar and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Sarah Hildebrandt, uh, Tamira. 
Okay. Yeah. Anyways, okay. I'll get off the rudest bandwagon. <laughs> I find that unlikely, but. Um, well, I'm okay for this show. I won't, I'll stop talking about them, but yes, I'm still on the rudest bandwagon. Yes. Yes, indeed. Um, so yeah, mm-hmm. it's a competitive space. That's the long and short of it. Um, yes. Mike Monroe asks, what impact, if any, did your dads have on your decision to begin wrestling? And regardless of what end of the spectrum they felt, did they continue following the sport after you were done competing? Ben, you can go first. Um, my dad, he wrestled in high school, was okay, I guess. Um, never went to state or anything like that. He he liked wrestling, he got me into it, but he got he got me, you know, I played all sports. He got me into all sports. Um, he was one of those really hardcore wrestling dads. He he tells the story to this day of when he was eleven and he was being a dipshit and someone said, Hey bro, like you're 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 being you're not being a when good you were eleven. When I was eleven, yeah, he'll, yeah. He'll, he'll he'll tell the story, and he and he backed off at that point in time, and you know I don't remember at that point in time. Obviously, I didn't know that conversation happened or realize it, uh, but he backed off, and I and I loved it. And actually, you know, I I generally see great things coming out of that. Kids generally don't push back when they're really young on their parents being overbearing. It happens more somewhere 11, 12, 13, 14, where uh, a kid wants to become a man, right? And start making their own decisions and the parents down their throat. That's when the real pushback happens. And so my, my dad backed off at age 11 was hugely supportive beyond that, but did not try to force anything on me. Uh, you know, tell me how to wrestle, tell me where I should go, tell me where I should train. That was all decisions were made by me. And then that's, you know, when we go into the other thing, one of the other things I, I value and I think is hugely important is, is, um, emotional maturity, and that comes from kids making their own decisions. And my dad allowed my both of my parents allowed me to make my own decisions um, for my wrestling at that point in life, and I think that was that was uh, very impactful. Stephen Kyle, um, my dad wrestled like one year in junior high, but wasn't very good, and I mean didn't wrestle past that year. Uh, I got into sport when I was like four or five, just because I was like crazy hyper running everywhere and uh, just chugging monsters yeah uh, there was actually my uncle that suggested it thought it'd be good and i went and really enjoyed it and i picked it up pretty well and i mean i played every sport growing up but i was clearly the best the best sport i was at was wrestling um and i mean my dad couldn't have been more supportive asked me if this is what i really wanted to do and um like go all into it and i still i mean i still played every other sport until high school when I finally stopped playing football and just focused on wrestling. But I mean, every opportunity I wanted to do, whether it was go to wrestling camps in the summer or all the practices I wanted to go to and whatever they were, both my parents were more than willing to, to take me and invest in it. So I was really lucky. Cool. I, uh, yeah, my dad didn't have anything to do with me getting into wrestling at all. Although he did foster a deep love of sports and watching sports and, Got me into sports in general, but as I've I've told the story, I came into wrestling super late in life. Basically, two wrestlers on the cross country team asked me to come out and told me I would start based on nothing, and uh, so I ended up going out for wrestling then. But he was super supportive, uh, kind of anything I did, and especially as I got insanely obsessed with it, um, which didn't take too long. He came to a lot of the matches I was coaching. Then when when my brother Ryan got into it. That's when the uh, obsession, Uh-oh. my brother Ryan really got the, not the, um, it wasn't the wrestling dad experience because my dad has nothing to offer in a wrestling sense because he didn't, Buffalo Gap did not have wrestling when he went there, right? It just didn't exist. It wasn't really a thing. But he was very, um, 
it was, it was definitely his favorite sport then. He loved watching Ryan do it. Ryan was pretty good. So he was definitely um, – he didn't become that dad, but he was a, a super, super involved, super kind of obsessed with wrestling dad from that point on. And then came to that, watch us coach and whatnot. That actually made me think of something pretty funny. Because okay. my dad <laughs> – Dad never gave me any advice, maybe because I was doing too much winning. Um, but my brother obviously had a couple struggles in college. You know, he had the great freshman year, and then he, he only lost some matches his junior senior. And, I'm sorry. Uh, well, yeah, all, th- all three years now. Obviously, yeah, ended up winning the NCAA. I remember one time we were at Midlands, though. I don't remember who Max lost to, and I, he either took second or third, right? He was always, he didn't lose a lot. He lost. It wasn't a lot, right? But he, did, he lost. And, and my dad, so my dad, I was born in Iowa. My dad's from, right around the Cedar Rapids area. So he grew up Iowa wrestling. So even though he never said it to us, he was like an Iowa style guy. <laughs> you know, I remember my dad at Midlands, Max just needs to get, get on the head more, get on the head more. And I'm thinking like, dad, what, what on God's green earth are you talking about? Like, come on, man. Like, you know, Max is like 17 levels past you on wrestling. Just, just stay up here in the stands. And obviously he just said that. I don't think he ever, you know, said that to Max, but you know, it's kind of like, it was really laughable because, you know, Max is a wrestling savant and, you know, my dad's trying to tell him to get on the head more. <laughs> and I was like, Oh God, hear him yeah, out. Stop. Oh, oh enough. Enough. <laughs> uh, okay. Oh, good times. Next question. Uh, not sure if this is, Oh, someone, someone said, not sure if this is how to post FRL listener questions, but this is, this is it. This is at carpet struggle. <laughs> Which is a great thing we like to say, carpet struggle, because that's like. What does that mean? I don't carpet know. Carpet struggle means. is like how the. Uh, that's what like Russian wrestling like, sites. The word wrestling. Wrestling match. Yeah, it translates to. They call it carpet struggle, so we call it carpet. Really? Struggle. Yeah. So like, if oh, you read on so Ru- awesome. Rus- Rustag. Yeah, or whatever, if you're on yeah. Rustag and like you click translate, that's what yeah. like wrestling will translate to. Carpet struggle. <laughs> wow, that's that's fantastic. <laughs> that's I did not know that. I love that. So not sure if it's out of it, yeah. Um, which 2008 Olympic member would have the best chance of making the 2021 team or finished highest on the ladder? So that would be yeah, Henry. Who, uh, who was 60? Um, Zadik. Oh, yeah. Oh, my. Yeah, Zadik. Zadik, Schwab, Schwab, me, Rovat, Rovat uh, Cormier, Mako. Cormier, Mako. Hmm. Mako's the heavyweight's the the least deep. I mean, I we're obviously I'm assuming we're talking in current forms, right? Yeah, or like you know maybe we say two month out form. We'll say like they said, okay, we're going. Do for I it. get do I get a new hip or not? You you get a new <laughs> hip. You have been blessed with a new hip, Benjamin. If I get a new hip, I I could be fairly effective. Seventy four you know, two days. Oh, I oh God no! I get a bump up. Can I bump up? You have to, well, can you make the weight if you can make? No, I can't. I cannot make the weight. Then go no. up. Possible. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to beat the. I'm not going to beat the best guys, right? But uh, I, I could beat some some of the lower rank guys. Hey, so probably not me. Mako, I think Mako and Daniel both go to heavyweight. Um, I don't know where they finish. I mean, I don't know. I don't think they could beat the top guys, but they're not all that far down. Uh, Henry, same thing. He'd have to bump up a weight class, which would be harder for him. Um, it seems to make more difference in the lighter weights. Uh, and I haven't seen him wrestle forever. So I, man, I have to think he'd be at least a little bit competitive with those guys. Who else we got? Schwab. Zadik, Schwab. Man, man I know probably, that. The, the answer is probably Doug Schwab. Cause he's the only one 
on that list that's in a wrestling room every single day. And he's like doing it. He's like living the life. He's like I, doing it. Like he's he's between, in there mixing up with college kids. Then then again, so okay, I thought Schwab. And then I thought, you know, man, if Mako showed up and got top four, I don't know. That could happen. That could happen. Like, okay, Gwiz, no. I don't know. Gwiz, no. Uh, Gable, Gable, no. no. But, okay, you tell me, who, who's, who else is next on that ladder? Like, Tony Nelson, Mason. Steve Mako? Mako can still go. Mako's a beast. Don, Don, Bradley, Don Bradley, Steve Mako. I don't know. Oh, that's a good match. Right? And yeah. I don't know how Maybe Cormier translates up at, up at heavyweight either. Well, Ma- Cormier did beat Mako in a match, and I believe he also – Cormier beat – I think it was just like ex- – it was exhibition, obviously. Uh, one year that the U.S. team – this is when I was younger – was um, – they were doing exhibition matches, and Cormier beat – I believe he beat Tolly Thompson. If I'm, if I'm, I might be getting the heavyweight wrong. It was the heavyweight. I think it was Tolly. Don't quote me on that, but he definitely beat whoever the heavyweight world team member was at that time. Okay. So yeah. I think Schwab would like be able to be in like a match with everyone. And I he I feel confident he would be able to make sixty five. Whereas Yeah, oh yeah. You know, That's right. Make- Henry's not making weight, I'm not making weight. Rovat, I he's Rovat not messing at all. So. He can make it, but he could probably make it. Daniel, Daniel. Oh no, no, no. Daniel gets more weight because what's that weight class? Ninety-seven. Now is maybe it's ninety-seven because beyond no Snyder and Cox, who is there? D- I'm getting Daniel in shape. I'm cutting him down. He's going cut to him down in two thousand eight. It didn't. He wasn't able to function. Well, he gets 97. he gets another two point two pounds, and he's he's more mature. He made two hundred five after that. Um, okay. All right. Okay. Let's see. Who, who else we I got? I think Cormier does better KG. at heavyweight than ninety-seven. Although he, oh, although ninety-seven is not as deep, it's kind of like Kyle and Kyvan and, um, oh well, yeah. Now Jaden Cox is there, so yeah, that, that changes things. Ooh, this is yeah. Okay, uh, uh man, it's kind of a fun one. Yeah, it was fun. Yeah. Okay. But Keep the answer's going. Ben Askren. There we go. Um, no, I, I voted against myself. Yeah, I, things. I did too. If, if it was like 70, if 79, I think I could do pretty well at 70. If I get a new hip and I get wrestle 79, I think I, I would do fairly well. All right, so let's do, let's get there. I'll be, I'll I make, can't beat the top guys. I definitely can't beat the top guys. Uh, you know, Dake, Deringer at this point in my life. Uh, but Zahid. I, I, you know, I've been, uh, I wrestled with Zahid. It, it was, uh, it was, I uh, worked out with him right before my Jordan Burroughs match. And, uh, and we, we got to mix it up and it was very, it was, I don't know that I got the best of him. He probably got the best of me, but it, it was very competitive. I was scoring points for sure. So, uh, you know, but he seemed to jump levels since then. So I'm going to say he beats me also. He's pretty good. Damn it. Oh, sorry. <laughs> sorry. I admire your, um, yeah, admire your honesty. Okay. Where is it? Okay, I love this question. I don't know how we didn't ask it last time. And if we did, I'm sorry, but I don't think we did. Joseph Floyd, 30 seconds left, down by one. Who are you taking to win the match? Current NCAA athletes only. So you got to pick your guy. Who's going to get the takedown with 30 mm. seconds to go? Oh, man. Okay, I think not, I know. Well, I, I think there's one. an obvious answer. So I think we've seen Okay, it. well, uh, let yeah. me find my obvious answer. Well, to tell me yours, yours. And His I'll real name is you. John, but we know him as Yanni. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's a good one, huh? Like he's done he's it, done yeah, it yeah. time and time again. Like his NCAA run was just like, yeah, a clutch. Hold on, I'm looking through right you know, now. I have one. I have one other one that I, I like. Last year, um, it was Sebastian Rivera. 
Oh, that was out, who I was going to say. He went out and got one. a third period takedown against Gross. Did the same thing against RBY plus a, ro- a late second period takedown. They yeah. rode him out the third. Because RBY got the first was, takedown. Yeah. Right? I'm trying to think of that. The takedown he got in the long ride was. I think it was. He rode him out the entire third period, I think. Yeah. yeah. But that takedown at the end of the second was, was huge. And then yes. we saw him, Spencer there at Big Tens. Got a late takedown, then takedown in overtime. Yeah. This one yeah. is sort of dark, but you know oh. what? <laughs> I'm just curious for Ben's answer. From Ben Susturek, if you only had 24 hours to live, how would you spend it? <laughs> would you go skydiving? Rocky, Rocky Mountain, Mountain climbing? <laughs> 2.7 seconds on a bull named Fu Manchu? Yeah. You'd love deeper. Uh you know what? I had, well, I've never had to think about that, so I don't know. I, you know what? The first thing I would do, I, I would teach my wife how to access all of my uh, cryptocurrencies because she does not know how. <laughs> I've thought about creating some type of detailed notes on my computer or somewhere that you know that maybe a safe of some sort uh, to have notes for them for her because I don't think she would do that, and I, w- I would want her to have access to those funds. Yeah, there's a thing. So they have these things that you write stuff out where. Um, if you die, like who gets your stuff? It's the will. Yeah, 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 yeah will. Yeah, 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 you should look into one of. Well, those. even if I said, if I said, if I said you get my crypto, she wouldn't know how to access that, right? So uh, got it. Yeah, I'd have to. You I'd can have to include that in there. Yeah, you can put that in the will. Yeah, yeah but there's still. Well, I don't know will. if I want that writing because then someone knows how to get it. Oh well. Well, only like well, your attorney would see that. Yeah, but don't you? Yeah, I, don't, a, I don't want my attorney to know how to get my crypto. Yeah. Okay. Would be yeah. pretty illegal for them to do that. Yeah, it would be oh, because no one's ever done anything illegal before. <laughs> oh, I'm <Kyle>. just saying. <laughs> All right, so ben, come on, man. Ben, ben kind of wants his wife to have access to his crypto, but eh, yes, if he know. can figure out how, he's, he's not willing to put it in writing or well, because then someone could hack it or steal it. I don't want that to happen. All right, well, right? why don't so you do need, what most need, sensible people do and and come up with an elaborate uh, treasure map and bury it somewhere. And I'll probably like, put the instructions in the safe. Also, is probably what I'll do. That's probably yeah. I just need to do it. I'm lazy. I haven't done it yet. I don't intend on dying anytime soon. Well, no uh, one, but, very few do, Ben. Yet, well, you know, when some people are really old, that's probably more likely for that to happen. Yes. And the other thing is, Christian, it would have to happen in an instant because, say, like I got in a car accident and I was on life support, I would be able to convey to her. It's not all that hard how to get there. It, you know, you know. What I'm <laughs> Right. Yes, or got I, cancer, like, I'm not going to die immediately, right? I'm going to die over the course right. of, say, six months. So I'm going to be able to tell her how to have access. Um, okay. If Yanni and Spencer were to both continue at their respective paces and finish their college careers without losing again, how would you rank those guys on the collegiate GOAT list? Logan Dake, Spencer, Yanni, um, Kale. Have we made a collegiate date, uh, GOAT list? Uh, Spay has, but um, Andrew Spencer Spay did a few years but ago. We have not necessarily authorized it. Um, me, me and Tommy did it a few years. Or do we? Yeah, we did. You did best USA wrestlers. We did both best USA and then best mm-hmm. college. Yeah. So Kale Kale is definitely the number one, basically forever. Um, I I, I think Kale number one, Dake number two, um, and then I think after that, there's a lot of arguments to be made for for you know three and on. Um, it's tough because I don't know as much about Pat other than he won four yeah. and he did have losses, but um, yeah, like, I mean, like comparing for me, 
Go ahead. Just comparing Dake to him and Logan to Pat Smith, it's tougher. Yeah, yeah. and I, I don't think I, you should I tend limit to air that to Logan. Right? Well, I don't think you should lead. Into, I think I don't think you have to go all four four time champions before you go anything else. I think you can start. You know, I I think Kale and Dake are the one and two. Um, I think if Yanni and Yanni and Spencer win, I I would maybe lean to Spencer would be number three because of the level of dominance. But I think there's other arguments you could also make for number threes. So the argument say level of dominance, but also. Yeah, pinned by Nick Pitchinini. He lost multiple times to Sebastian Rivera. Yeah, where do yeah. you factor in okay. that Yanni's lost You're right. one, Once. one time ever Damn. in the last five seconds to Jaden, right? In a match he's avenged twice. Okay, I I, I want I don't want to talk on this because I don't want to come off uh uneducated without having you know deeply researched all of these guys' careers. Sorry, I may be slightly autistic, but I You're more I'm hard. not giving you my final answer except number one and two. Okay, fine. Um, and we can talk. Kale Dake and then TBD. We could they, maybe do an episode both, on our best. If those guys both finished undefeated the rest of the way. I would say Yanni three. If he only has one loss, if he only has one loss, man, but he's a four time champ. It's it, the the debate is always going to be levels of dominance sure. versus losing because Logan was yeah. like insanely dominant all four years. Yes, he was. He was like video game numbers for four years, and then. You well, know, how many losses? I know that first year they usually don't count against Logan. How? What are his numbers after that? He lost. So remember, he lost it three times at Vegas, and then they don't count yeah. that one. Yeah, don't count two that. times. He lost to uh, Zane. He lost to Jail. Zane. Dardane. Jail. Dardane. And Jail um, once, I guess. Yes. So, so three, three losses. losses. I don't know, and Yanni's Yon, got to finish his career too, right? One hundred nineteen and yes. three. One nineteen and three. That's pretty. pretty yeah, dang good. I mean, you would never have you would never predicted that um, Steber was going to lose to Zane. His seen, you know, that that would have never been under there's a prediction. A, so there's a. So we're working on. Uh, oh shoot! I forgot what? to do some of the things I wanted to do. Christian, it's time. We gotta go. I know. I just looked at the we, clock. We're not going yet. We're not going yet. Tyler, we're going. We're going. We're going now. Tyler, play. Please play the uh, the Jordan Burroughs trailer. Uh, we got a flow film coming out. Burroughs Dake flow film trailer, and we'll wrap soon after that. But I've got some other things I want to say. So don't leave after the trailer ends because you're gonna play yourself. But I got something else to say. Oh, Kyle Jordan, he never settled this. I was the best wrestler in the world, regardless of style, bro. I feel bad for you, bro. It's you know you're living in the past, and that's all you got now. Listen, all the science in the world can't hey, help. I cannot believe this has been happening since 2013 now. That's the most anticipated match. Yeah, I know I gotta beat Kyle. I'll beat him. I've been working for this my whole life. I can see myself winning in my dreams. Kyle Dake and Jordan Burroughs. And how many more times are we gonna see these guys battle over the next couple years? This was incredible. Tomorrow, baby. Burroughs Dake, bad blood. But what precipitated that was 
We have a Penn State flow film coming out very, very soon. Multi-episode. How did Kill give you access? <laughs> we had none. <laughs> we had none. There's no involvement. Uh, somewhat. Um, basically none. But it's really juicy. But anyways, I mentioned talking about Zane Rutherford as we we're talking about some of the, the big stars. And I remembered I wrote a, a whiteboard war about the Penn State-Ohio State duel when uh, Logan lost. And I said that I basically gave Zane no shot whatsoever. I was like, a true freshman Kyle Dake is not going in, is not going to be able to beat this Logan Stever. And he won. And I was like, oh, okay. Very, very wrong about that. <laughs> and I was like really high on Zane too. I was like, this guy's going to be an All-American as a true freshman. I thought he was super good, but did not realize how good he was right away. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, well, we didn't get to a lot of the questions I wanted to get to, but it's time save to go. Um, we'll save them. Uh, thank you guys so much. 506 strong. We'll be back tomorrow, hopefully, with a special guest. Um, that we all know and love. But we're just hopeful at this point. Thanks so much. We'll be back tomorrow. Have a good Tuesday. See you soon. See you.